Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A Bears Head and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas, and I thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a special guest, is Miss Cheryl Akers, who is an RN certified case manager, and I've asked her to come on our show to discuss a very important topic of aging well. Thank you, Cheryl, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm so pleased to be here. Uh, Cheryl, I, I was so impressed. Uh, several months ago, I believe it was in September, that I attended an area-wide meeting of case managers. Even though I'm not a case manager, they invite me to attend a couple of their sessions that they give in the area. Uh, and Cheryl gave this pres- remarkable presentation about aging well. And I said, you know, I think my my uh, uh, listeners out there, both seniors, boomers, family members, even healthcare professionals, might get some benefit from this uh, very, very excellently presented uh, presentation that has some great pearls of wisdom, I might say. So I want, to compl- I want to compliment you on that. Well, great. I thank you so much because it, it, it's, a, it's a really important topic. And quite frankly, we're all aging. Darn it. That's right. That's, that's what you mentioned in your first common statement. But let me tell my listeners, you're, you've been a nurse for 38 years. And, and what, what type of nursing initially? Well, actually, this year is actually going to be my 40th anniversary of being no. a nurse. Congratulations. Uh, I started hospital nursing actually in New Orleans. I'm a Canadian citizen, but uh, I was recruited down to New Orleans to work at Hotel Dew Hospital, which is now charity. That's right. And worked on a med surge floor, primarily surgical patients, post-op patients, for almost six and a half years. And so that's where I launched and then progressed into, I've done medical sales, I've been a home health nurse. Okay. Um, and most, or more recently, for the last 11 years, I've had my own business as a geriatric care manager, also known as an aging life care professional. Well, that's a very important field, especially you have all the ins and outs of this particular health base, which we're going to talk about, but I, I compliment you on your moving upward, and I, I, I think my listeners know, you may not know, I was in uh, home health care administrator for some 12 years and had I put all my nurses on a pedestal I had like 400 and something of them working wow. uh, working yeah. in the field both LPNs as well as RNs but I had a lot of ventilator cases so I needed a lot of LPNs and, oh, and, 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 yeah. and nurses we had probably 24, 24 hour ventilator cases going on throughout the area so it was a big but again I will compliment you because uh, I had a few um, lovely Canadians that came down in, in the 90's that uh, moved to our area uh, and also, I know they went to New Orleans and Baton Rouge, but I was fortunate enough uh, corporate to recruit some to, to move into our area and started their career path in, in my area. And they were excellent nurses. So I, I want to compliment you being a Canadian uh, born-raised nurse as well. Thank you so much. So you mentioned in your common your, the, the statement that, yep, we are all aging. And we just talked about that. And, and, and I thought it was we all know this, but when you present it in a way, life expectancy has been increasing for a lot of reasons, right? Well, yes. I mean, it's been increasing. Um, and We have better technology to diagnose conditions. We have more options for treatment, you know, whether it's medicine, whether it's surgery. Um, 
we, we have those kinds of options. But I've actually recently read that some of the life expectancy is actually starting to drop a little bit because Uh-oh. we are not doing a great job taking care of ourselves. You know, from a before we get sick, we're we're not doing the the legwork, so to speak. And so now it's starting to catch up with us. So I think the life expectancy is actually dropping just a little bit. Ms. Sarah, would you say that some of us are becoming a little bit lazy? Is that, that, is that the scenario there? Um, there's multiple things. I think we have become a much more sedentary society. Yeah, that's right. We are eating more fast foods and not a lot of good healthy choices for a lot of folks. And and I'm not talking about the occasional splurge. I'm talking about on a regular <laughs> basis. And I believe, firmly believe, that there's a strong mentality. It's like, well, if I just get sick, I'll just go to the doctor and get a pill for it. <laughs> it's going to be an easy fix. And that's not always the case. No, that's not. And, you know, you also mentioned in your, your uh, as a case manager, you always have to think of the full scope of range. And, uh, again, I compliment you. I've dealt with case managers in my senior years now. They're, they're remarkable. They, they help you move through all the processes. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, you're, you're now saying that seniors and boomers need to think about having a plan. Uh, especially, you mentioned about whether they're going to move, continue working, uh, working at the same job, etc. So that, you know, that's a, a pretty challenging used to be, they didn't have to make too many of those decisions, but now they, they, now they have to make all those particular decisions. Right. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that have changed. I mean, in the days of your father, my father, etc., they, you know, they worked at the same company for X number of years, got a gold watch and retired with a retirement, and you were that was it. You were done. Um, but now, cost of living is higher, so boomers are now facing working longer for more years. Uh, retirement plans are almost a thing of the past. It's only a select few employers that are offering retirement plans. They're offering 401ks instead. So financially, that that's a tweak, so to speak. And, you know... We plan for so many things in our life. You know, you plan to go to school and say, oh, I want to study biology. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a whatever. You plan to get married. You plan to buy a house. But nobody really, really plans for that time when you're not working or if you should become ill or and or disabled because they're not always, you know, the same thing. You could be ill temporarily but disabled forever or dis- disabled temporarily. And nobody ever really plans for that because, like, I've had people look at me and just say, Oh, well, I'll just die. And I look at them and go, no, we'll save you. We have much more technology now. We have better medicines. No, we'll save you. We have defibrillators everywhere. That's You're it. not going to die of that heart attack. Even on the airplane. I mean, I have... Right, yeah. So, I mean, and that's how society has changed. But I think our uh, thought processes, so to speak, haven't really caught up to it. And, you know, nobody ever really wants to think about the negatives of being sick or ill or disabled. No, it's somebody else. It's somebody else. Yeah, it's them. It's It's they. 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 You know, it's the proverbial they. Yeah. Uh, I think you caught the audience. And, and, you know, I've I've thought about it, but I never heard somebody say it point blank. Uh, You you said one one of the biggest fear of person aging is outliving their own money to to for their retirement mm-hmm. i mean that was oh, what you, you that's were. a huge fear because you know the, the old adage of you save for a rainy day i've had i've worked with seniors because a lot of my clients are over the age of 65 my oldest client is 95 and you know 
when I tell somebody, look, you know, yes, you've saved for the rainy day. Well, right now, let me tell you, it is pouring rain, and you're going to have to spend some of that money. And working with those clients, now some of them were still, they, they were involved with the Depression, so they knew what it was like to struggle and not have any money, so they're so afraid of spending it, even though they they may have saved quite a bit. You know, so it's it's a it's a bit of a conundrum because they're like, I know I probably need to spend, but what? But you know, what if I run out? And and everybody's just deathly afraid of that. I, you know, I'm afraid of running out of money. I don't know well, if Social well, Security is going to be around and all those other things. The stock market's doing lovely things these days. But yeah, but you never <laughs> that's know. Another conversation. You, you, you never know. But but you're right. I, I think our uh, I would I would say that some of the seniors I deal with always work about spending anything well if they could spend something they're going to be in better health and they're going to they're going to get their medications when they, they get the prescription I don't want to I don't want to spend the extra money or even though they might have insurance I don't want to I want to have more money to give my grandchildren and great-grandchildren I want to give them a legacy and a lot of them are concerned about that I, I, I hear it all the time uh, mm-hmm. and I said ma'am you should carry yourself your kids are going to appreciate whatever's left that you give them but you know you need to have a happier, high-quality life. Don't you, don't you agree with that? Oh, totally. And, you know, the, the drug costs alone are very, very scary. And the drug plans, you know, the, there's different drug plans that come out every year. And then the, the whole uh, Affordable Care Act, the... Um, the whole drug program is changing. So there's the donut hole, which is a, uh, I mean, extremely confusing. And, and some of these drugs are high, high dollar. I mean, multiple thousands of dollars. True. So one of your uh, comments about this to our to the group, because I, I didn't think a majority of these case managers were seniors, and yeah, maybe a few of them were boomers, but definitely none, of, very few of them were seniors like me. And um, you you commented about it. I think some of them said, uh, "What the misconceptions of aging?" With you know, you might want to comment about that. We're all not going to just sit in our rocking chairs and rock. There's active. We're gonna, we're still going to be active, whether our senior or, or whether in our 80s and 90s. And I've seen some very active seniors in their hundreds lately. So mm-hmm. is that true? I think if you've had a lifestyle of being fairly active and social, that continues on until something puts the brakes on it, like a, a significant illness or injury. That can limit your, your social outings and uh, the activities that you may have been able to functionally do before. Like if you were walking a lot, but now you've um, had a stroke and you've got significant limitations walking, you know, that changes things. But one of the mis- big misconceptions about aging is that um, uh, when people forget things, they they say, well, that's normal. Well, yes, we all forget some stuff now and then. <laughs> but if, you know, I've walked into a room and gone, why did I come in here again? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, because we're also pretty busy these days and bombarded by information. But um, one of the big things that I see happening is where there's significant memory loss and more, and people think that's normal aging, and it's not. It's often a sign of maybe some form of dementia or clinical problem, medical problem that's going on that's not allowing the brain to function well. And, we all, and, our brains slow as we age. We don't c- calculate stuff as fast. Right. 
but we could still calculate. And uh, I had a guest on my show, which was remarkable, that you never think about this. It's a muscle you need to exercise, and if you exercise, it gets better at whatever age. I mean, and that's why in our magazine, in our we, we put uh, word games and puzzles and to, to, to exercise the brain. I mean, uh, and I, I think, and this, according to this doctor, that has definitely been shown as people forget about that's important to continue doing is but at whatever age learning a new skill learning a new instrument challenging right. challenging yourself uh, to exercise the brain as well as the body and mm-hmm. uh, and, oh, read, and learning, reading yeah learning a new language you know keep on doing the, some of the stuff that you've always done but again adding adding to it you know the new language right. a new instrument a new change your walking path and you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be that too terribly difficult, for yeah. sure. You know, drive drive a different way home. Yeah. You know, so it makes your brain think about which way you're going it's now. Like, don't do it automatically. Like I have some, I have uh, right. some right. of my senior friends. They will only go from point A to point B one route. And I said, well, what's the big deal about deviating like two blocks? And you'll see a different site. Why do you want to go the same way every time? I mean, right. I, I'm variable. And my wife says, why are we going this way today? I don't know. We don't need to be there that early. You know. And so she gets on to me. Point A to point B. We can make. We can save mile. We're not going to save 25 cents, not even 5 cents probably in gas gas mileage. So I, I like seeing new things and sometimes stopping. And, and uh, I read everything. By the way, I was telling one senior, I says, you know, when you go to a museum, just don't look at everything. Read it. Exercise it. You know, even sit there and Google it if you want more information. That don't exercise the brain and you'll get more interest about what you're seeing, whether it's a, mm-hmm. a historic item or etc. Okay, let's get into some of the subjects here about aging well and I thought your your presentation about falls uh, is 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 a major concern of seniors and boomers right and why is that because the the problem with falls is if you ask a senior if they have ever fallen they may say yes or no but then when you ask them how do you know any of your friends relatives that have fallen and what has happened and usually it's fairly catastrophic i mean as as a senior a lot of times they may have weakened bones and so you're much more prone to any kind of fracture or of of a hip of an arm as as you're trying to uh, catch yourself you can break a wrist or both wrists i've seen that happen um and then it takes a long time to heal and quite frankly, if you have fallen and broken a hip, a lot of times you will need surgery. It's a major procedure to get your hip repaired. And the statistics are horrible. Basically, one-fourth of the people that die from a fractured, they die from a fractured hip and, and the consequences within a year. And about 25% fully recover and about 50% mm. have some sort of long-term Disability, whether they're now needing to use a walker or cane, or they are limping, or whatever, they don't 100% recover. So statistically, a fractured hip is and can be and is often very, very devastating, um, and and it can lead to all kinds of other needs. Now you, they need to start having help come into the home, and quite frankly, a lot of times if there's family around, they may be. Uh, become more involved in the care of that person, which impacts their lives and 
you know, when we talked about the fear of the seniors, one of the fears, or and maybe it's more of a concern, is they don't want to burden anybody else. They want to remain independent. True. And that fear of losing their independence is horribly compounded by a significant fall with an injury. A lot of seniors are on blood thinners. If you're on a blood thinner, you're much more prone to any kind of bleeding and complications from excessive bleeding. Um, whether you've hit your head or you've broken the hip, and I mean, it's just it, it's it's kind of devastating overall. But, but Cheryl, let, let's give some advice to some of our listeners. I know you're a case manager, RN, and, and you've got some home care experience, so you know that mm-hmm. when a home care nurse goes out and does an admission, she evaluates the home situation and sees if there's a higher risk for that particular person may be quasi-ambulatory, could have a mm-hmm. risk of falling. And that mm-hmm. I, I think, and I was saying, well, one of my friends said, well, should I just not call a, an RN to do that for my mother who doesn't need home help? I said, you can do it yourself, right? There's a lot of things that you can, if your mother's home alone by herself or in an apartment or whatnot, there, there's some factors involved that can cause the higher, especially clutter throughout the area. Or uh, I, I think you, you will add that your vision, you know, may get, a little bit worse. You need to have some lights on. I, I go to seniors' homes, and there's not a single light on. There's, that's a that's an accident ready to happen, right? You know why the lights aren't on? Why? Cost money. Yep. And I you know. I told one of my friends, who lady, who tell that I said, "Ma'am, you can buy these LED lights that are just they'll give you enough light to see down your hallway and your steps that it probably costs four cents a whole year. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they generate nothing. I mean, it, and she said, really? And so I, I told her son, her son ended up getting tons of them, and the electric bill was insignificant. Oh, they, she didn't even see that they go up. She does the minimum anyway, so it doesn't really matter, uh, I was telling her. And and the other, the other thing I want you to comment on is medication. I've seen this happen too often. Is people are are somewhat in the morning they they tend to trip and fall and and explain to them why especially if you're on certain uh, heart condition medications or other type of medications when they get up quickly in the morning and try to move around. Well, one of the things that happens a lot of times people will stop drinking fluids probably after six, seven, eight o'clock at night, so they don't have to get up and go to the bathroom at night. I mean, it's very, let me tell you just very plainly, they don't want to get up and go to the bathroom at night, <laughs> so they stop drinking fluids. And even if you were drinking fluids, you're, you're asleep seven or eight hours, so you're almost teetering on dehydration first thing in the morning Ooh. and a lot of seniors are drinking not drinking enough anyway so they're kind of borderline dehydrated most of the day anyway so by the morning it's even a little bit worse when you sit up from you know from lying down to a sitting up position even if you're sitting on the side of the bed your blood pressure drops you stand up your blood pressure drops again so you've got somebody that might be a little bit dehydrated and they're and they're trying to get up probably start moving a little bit faster and they're moving too fast so their blood pressure drops and so you've got the the dual factors that can create a fall then there's a lot of people that will have throw rugs around the house they'll have them by the bed and my philosophy about throw rugs is that they're called throw rugs because they need (laughs) you need to throw them out because of the fact that they are often a major trip hazard sure they're nice and cushy and you know on your feet 
but oh my um you know if you've got uh, seniors a lot of seniors have pets so they're trying to rush to get the pet outside right. to go do their business so you have a lot of different things going on right there um you know, and if you've got somebody with a little bit of an irregular heartbeat, that can affect how fast they move and their fall risk. Um, you know, and then, of course, once they start taking their medicines, a lot of people are taking medicines first thing in the morning or, or after, right after breakfast, right before breakfast. Um, they're often on fluid medications to help avoid accumulation of excess fluid in their systems. Their water pills, also known as, you know, there's all 20 million kinds of water pills or fluid pills out there. Um, so that will then also put them into a little bit of dehydration and they think, well, I shouldn't drink fluid. I'm trying to get rid of the fluid. And so it's a bit of a, an yes, oxymoron. Yes, you still need to drink a lot of fluid even though we're <laughs> trying to get you to get rid of it. Um, and so there, there, there's a lot of issues that go along with falls. But get moving too fast, throw rugs, tripping over animals. And like you said, poor vision is a huge thing. We've got cataract development, uh, macular, de- you know, and then other, which is a normal aging thing. But you also have other diseases like macular degeneration uh, that goes along with it. Okay, hold that thought. We'll be right back yep. with more information. But now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 7 Now. Back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour. Proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas, and I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show as a special guest is Ms. Cheryl Akers, who is an RN and certified case manager, and she's discussing the important topic of aging well. Thank you, Cheryl, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Right, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, Cheryl, we, we talked a little bit about falls and fall prevention and the, the high cost, and it's one of those things that uh, seniors and boomers really, I think, they're fearful for. But hopefully, they take more precautions and they around their homes and their apartments to, to avoid it. I got to mention one though. This one's a this one's a doozy. It's my mother. So my mother, <laughs> um, yeah, she's God rest her soul. She passed away. She always loved me to pick on her but I, we learned a lot from my mother because I'm an only child and I would send home health nurses to take care of her occasionally and she told one of my nurses I don't want to know anybody to know that I have a walker and they say, Miss Clickus, why do you want to do that? It, because they come and visit me, and I want to make sure they know that I can walk without assistance. So she would hide it. But she really needed it. And I got real upset. She would hide it. And the nurse came in and says, well, she has to get out of her bed and find it. And then there was a risk for falling right there but for her. She was agile, but not that well. She was in her 80s. But I kept telling her, Mom, you have to move it next to the bed, not across the hall in the other bedroom. And she was really vain about that. I mean, it was. It is, do you see that happening a lot? They don't want to show I, their walkers I or they don't want to they don't want to they want to hold them back. I see it at times. Uh, but then I kind of talk about the fact try to find out why what's 
their hesitation is and what their concerns are. And a lot of times it is that vanity thing, just as you said. And I just look at them and say, well, you know, the cane that you've been using is kind of okay, but it really doesn't support you But one on one side. So it's really not going to help you because if you fall the other way and the cane's on the other side, it doesn't matter. You're going down. And if you think... Your vanity is at risk by using a walker. <laughs> How vain will you be while you're sitting on the ground trying to get up and and requiring somebody to help you get up? Right. That will be far more embarrassing to you. That, that. And I just kind of look at them and go, oh. really? You know, because there's all kinds of walkers out there, and they're flashy. Oh, yeah. They're flashy. Yes, they're great yes. colors. They're very functional. You can get all these little um, baskets them off to hold your water jug. Yeah. and I mean... There's some stuff out there going on, and they they can they can make their own. Say, I have a client right now who's got a license plate with her name on it, oh. and everywhere she goes, everybody's like, "Oh my goodness, where'd you get the license plate with your name on it?" Well, I'm glad it's catching it. You know, eventually my mom had to move into a, a facility, and then she started using it because she saw everybody else you almost using well, like you know, sixty percent mm-hmm. of them. So it wasn't peer pressure and people coming to her home. She was already there, so it yeah. she got to use it more and more. And we did customize it, and the ladies would, you know, touch them up with ribbons and, you know, you name it like that. Okay, let's go because we have a lot of time. I got so many things I want to want you to present to us. Medications. Okay. I mean, that's another serious. Uh, when we age, most of us, and I hate to say this, there's so much pharma pharmacy out there for seniors, right? Lots Unfortunately, of our- yes. How's that? Yes. <laughs> Um, Do you think it's it, being overutilized by both some of our physicians out there and some of the prescribing and the, the forceness of these pharmaceutical companies? I think there, it's it's both of those things as well as patients. A lot of times I have seen where pay, I've had people say, well, I have a cold. I need some antibiotics. And I just look at them and go, really? No, a cold is a virus and antibiotics <laughs> don't work on viruses. And they look at me like... I have three heads. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Right. And people want the reward of getting a prescription when they go to the doctor. Well, he didn't give me any new pills. Well, darn. You know, it's like, well, why'd I go? That's a good point. Never thought a reward. It's like it's like a badge. They're getting out, and then she said, I'm "Yeah, gonna... I got a, oh, I got a new pill to try. I have to let them know, or you know, or they change it up. Yeah, I got a new prescription, and it's not an excitement thing, but it's it's a reward because, or it's the the payment. This is why I went. It's not a question of you get lab work done, you see the doctor, the lab work all looks good. So they say, yes, you're doing great. Come back in six months, three months, whatever it is. And then they go on their way. It's like, well, oh, you know, they everybody kind of wants to hear some bad news. Um, but prescriptions, I think, are, there's an overuse, definitely an overuse of antibiotics. That's been going on for years. And now we're in a bit of a pickle because there's getting to be infections going on out there where they can't be treated by the drugs we have now. And it takes many, 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 many years, research, development, testing, before FDA approval is done for new antibiotics. So we are dancing a fine line with just those. But think about this. Think about when you're watching TV, how many times are you, the consumer, 
seeing a commercial. <laughs> oh, well, you have arthritis. Maybe you need some Embril. Or you have this. Maybe you need this. You need to talk to your physician about this drug. And so the consumer is now... Oh, yes. Going, oh, well, maybe that'll work for me. And, you know, let's face it, with Internet, and more and more seniors are more Internet savvy or their adult children are, and they start Googling WebMD and, and all those other resources. And believe me, I love it, WebMD, and I use the Internet for searching for information all the time. But they're searching for answers because everybody, like I referred to earlier, is like, well, I have this problem. If I take a pill, it'll fix it. And so they're looking for that quick, easy, you know, it's like diets. You know, people want an instant diet that, you know, you you mm-hmm. gained weight over, t- you know, two years and you want it gone in two weeks. I don't think so. It doesn't work that way. But people have that same mentality. And we have become a more instant gratification society in general. But have you seen in your, your practice of a case manager and taking care of, of, of the elderly that... That it's a, it's it, one of the important advice I'm sure you're giving them is, ma'am or sir, why don't you just use one pharmacy? Don't use like nine of them, so everybody can coordinate uh, what you're taking. Have you seen mm-hmm. that? Because I, I've dealt with some seniors that, uh, well, first of all, their family members don't even know what they're taking because they have so many pill boxes and they're just, they don't throw them away ever. So uh, that was uh, one yeah. thing. When, when a home care, when a home health nurse, as you know, goes there and does the evaluation of all the meds there, they couldn't believe some of them. It went on for pages, like fifty different medications. We don't know if they're oh. taking them or not. You know, it's like oh, tr- oh, trust me, because as a care manager, when I go in. Of the home, I, I prepare a list of medicines because most people, A, don't even have a list. Some do. But then I say, show me all your pills. And I go and I find maybe one to two drawers full of pills. And I have found pills that expired seven years prior and even longer. Well, my- so it's not even they're taking them or not. But they're expired. Yes. So you, you really shouldn't be taking them. But, yeah, the medicines are, are, are a big problem. Um, and adverse reactions. I mean, I try to tell them. I'm not the expert medical person. I says, well, ask a pharmacist. Should be, hey, your doctor, should you be taking all of these medications at the same time? I had some people, their pill boxes must have 30 pills. My God. That, oh, that's, that, yeah, that's not, that's not unusual because um, I do help manage medications for a couple of my clients. I order their prescriptions. Mm-hmm. I fill pill boxes. I do a lot of different things. But the, one of the issues with the pharmacies is you have to know per your specific drug plan which pharmacies you can use. And most of the big box pharmacies, CVS, Walgreens, Walmart, Kroger, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you can go to. But a lot of the drug plans are now really mandating and starting to come down on folks and saying, you need to use our mail order or else we're going to start making you pay the full price cash, basically. Oh. We're not going to cover it unless you start using the mail order pharmacy where you will get a 90-day supply. Because they've got such volume and bulk, the costs are much cheaper to the drug plan to use the 90-day supply drug company, uh, you know, pharmacy, rather than the retail walk-in, get your prescription, you're out the door pharmacy. So there's some some particular mandates but with that. And, you know, there are, if somebody's on a specialty drug where you can't only get it but at one pharmacy, 
then the, my mandate is then you need to make sure whatever pharmacies you are using, if you're using two of them or three, that they know which medicines you're taking, even if they are not supplying them because they have a software system where they can run drug interactions That's and important. check and make sure that everything's kind of copacetic. I mean, I can do that for my clients with a, an app on my iPad that I can use and, and I can run and check for interactions, but the pharmacy so- software systems are so much better. But, you know, pharmacists are the most underutilized health professional there is. I, I mean, agree. They, pharmacists know far more about medicines than doctors ever will be. And trust me, I love doctors, but you know what? They're focused on so many other things. Pharmacists, that's their, their main focus. It's drugs, medications, period. And, you know, the physicians go through medical school to learning about the overview, and they all learn about new. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, my son's an ENT doctor, and he gets these new patients that bring in 20 or 30 prescriptions, and he says, oh, he's, he's like flabbergasted. Why are you taking all this? I don't have time to evaluate all this, but you need to get somebody to coordinate all your medicines before I... Uh-huh. And they said, oh, I want a new one to take care of my my uh, my asthma, my allergies, or my nose Whatever. condition, yeah. or sinuses problem. And and he tells them, let's wait. This, the, the, you're not going to get the, the badge. He's, he's a young doc. He's very conservative about doing that, and some of them get mad. I want something right now. I want a quick fix. And uh, Well, that's the reward. Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. They want that new prescription because they think something new might just... But, Tell our listeners out there, because uh, when when they hear this, what are the leading causes of going to ER is regarding drug over-medicating, under-medicating reactions. Uh, According to my friend administrators throughout my area, that's one of the leading causes of definitely seniors and boomers going to the ERs, where medications went under, they forgot to take their Medicaid, they took too many, and they they said, oh, I forgot to take my blood pressure, I'll take like five. Uh I've missed five days, I'll take five of them right now. Yeah. They're at ER. They're at ER. I'm not sure if that's a leading cause. I'd have to to research I think it's a le- it's probably yeah. one of the leading causes once somebody has been in the hospital and they've come out and then they really messed up their medicines because oh, yeah. there's some were stopped there was new ones added and they get all confused and that's one of the reasons for hospital readmissions within the first 30 days after discharge in general I think it is a huge cause but I think the other two big causes are falls. And altered mental status that is usually a result of an infection, especially in the elderly. Not so much in the boomers, Mm -hmm. but in the elderly, altered mental status is a big one. Okay, we're going to talk about that in our next segment. So hold hold that thought. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with more information. But now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel. Proudly presented by A-Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour. Proudly presented by A-Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Miss Cheryl Akers, who is an RN certified case manager, and Cheryl is discussing the important topic of aging well. You've done a remarkable job, and we have one more segment to go here. I wish I could have you in about another two hours. You've done well. 
Thank you. So we talked a little bit about falls. We've talked about medications. And now I want to talk about the topic, which I thought you, you did a really good job about explaining that is dementia all the same? I think seniors uh, put a saying that when somebody's forgetting, forgetful, I've got dementia or I've got Alzheimer's. It's a quick diagnosis. They diagnose themselves or the family members say, my, my dad, me, etc. I have dementia. But it's not all the same. Is that right? No, it's not all the same. I think that, I mean, that's a big fear for a lot of people to be that they would lose their ability to function from a mental status from remembering things and being able to do things and being again going back to that independence um the way i explain dementia if you think of the word cancer that's a big term Mm -hmm. a real scary word for a lot of people including me but if you think of cancer as being like an umbrella but yet there's lung cancer and there's colon cancer and there's bladder cancer there's bone cancer and there's all these different cancers under that umbrella of cancer and dementia is the same so you can have the umbrella of dementia but underneath that umbrella you have probably the most common type which is alzheimer's um and then you also have vascular dementia you have lewy body dementia you have parkinson's dementia you have mixed frontotemporal dementia so you have a, a multitude of types of dementia and they're not all the same they don't all look the same um, but statistically Alzheimer's is the most common I think we're up to about at least five million now diagnosed wow. and I think the I, I think I just heard a recent statistic like it's one if one in three of elderly over the age of 85 will have some form of dementia which is Quite sig- it's and, quite and significant. we've got a lot of people living a lot longer. So it's not unusual for somebody to be over 85. Right. Um, but dementia is not that normal forgetfulness. It is organ or brain failure. So it's not simply a question of, I forgot your name, but somebody picking up a pen and looking at it and they can't and they can they can't say it's a pen they they can maybe tell you and this is the earlier stages they may say well i I write my name with it (laughs) but they can't tell you it's a pen or a pencil they'll say what it's used for you know Hmm. that thing that you 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 get in to go to the store (laughs) instead of saying car okay and so and so there's a gradual loss sometimes faster than others, but a gradual loss of ability to process and understand information, retain memory, so they often will retain the old memories from when they were growing up, when they got married, when they were raising children, but they can't tell you that they had lunch today or what they ate for lunch. Or or they'll say, yes, I ate lunch when they really didn't at all. Yeah, that's and, and that's that long-term memory they have. But the short term, it's it's difficult, to, right? Yeah, especially yeah, because if you can't pull up a short-term memory, if you couldn't, if you think about a filing cabinet, mm-hmm. if you file something in a, in the top drawer of the cabinet, <laughs> you can go back to the top drawer and pull it out. But with dementia, you don't get a chance to file it in the top drawer. So there's nothing to be pulled out because it never made it there in the first place. Oh, okay. That makes sense? Yes. That's, that's my very, very simplistic... That is good. 
explanation because I think it's it's so important for people to understand. But at the same time, if if you're seeing a loved one that is having more problems, like you know, when we when we go out to go say go to church or go to a restaurant or go to a birthday party or go somewhere, there's a lot of planning steps that are involved. You're trying to figure out what to wear. You actually had to figure out how to get there. You drove. Somebody drove. You went there. You enjoyed the event. Then you returned home. So there's all those things that have created memories along the way, right? That's right. And if somebody says, well, no, we didn't go to lunch. <laughs> hmm. That's a lot of memories that never got stored. Didn't get stored in the in the data bank of the brain. That, okay. That's 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 one of the big flags that you want to say. Well, wait a minute. This is just this is not normal aging. Normal aging is not that. Normal aging is walking in the room and going. I know I came in here for a reason. <laughs> Um, one of your, in your presentation, I thought one of the most fascinating topics that I've never heard in a long while people explain is the difference between dementia and delirium. Tell us a little bit about that. I thought that was fascinating. It, it's a huge, huge difference because dementia is something that is always progressive, no matter what kind it is, okay? So it's always progressive. Some progress faster than others, and some people just progress faster even if they have the same type of dementia as several other people. It's, you can't always judge it, okay? Um, but it's often a slower onset. All of a sudden you go, wait a minute, that's not quite right. That's not how that person normally is. It's just kind of you start picking up on cues over time. Delirium is a sudden onset or a sudden change in someone's um, often behaviors um, or the way they're talking. Um, I always say, hey, uh-oh, if somebody's kind of talking out of their head that normally they made perfect sense and now they're not making sense at all, first thing to, to do is we always say, let's get a urine specimen because a urinary tract infection oh, okay. is often one that. of the big, big causes for delirium in seniors. Okay. could be another infection, but it's usually some type of infectious process, and it's sometimes that's the easiest and it's, place to and it, start. it fluctuates their moods, right? It, it gets them more, sometimes more stressful, but uh, you, you mentioned that it, it's, it's the fluctuating moods you might see, disorientation, right? Yeah, absolute disorientation, agitation, being very upset or angry, just like a total personality flip from the person that you know probably pretty well and or they they are talking about seeing things or things that didn't happen just like i said it, it's like a, a switch gets flipped and they're they're not making sense at all and that's one of the biggest biggest cues to say there is something significantly wrong and they need to be seen fairly urgently i mean that's the pick up the phone call the doctor see if they can be seen that day um, get them to an urgent care center because it, you know, again, is getting a urine specimen done. And it can be, uh, and that can be quick health, and that can be quickly evaluated too. It doesn't take forever. Oh, for sure, and it's not invasive. It doesn't cost a lot of money, you know, like to the healthcare system because it's covered. It's going to be covered under insurance, but you know, it's it's kind of a get down dirty of hey, let's look here first because it's it's often the common culprit for delirium, and and again, delirium is temporary you know whatever mm -hmm. the infection is 
Um, it, you know, and there are, trust me, there's other causes for delirium, but that's the one of the most common reasons. It's an infectious process in the elderly. So once you treat the infection, a lot of times, oh, well, what ha- they don't remember what happened. Well, why am I in the hospital? Because they just, basically, they lost it for a period of time. Oh. And then... And and they may not remember because again they weren't able to store the memory. When you're really really sick, you're getting medications and all that kind of stuff. You don't store memories the same way as somebody that's Never fairly well that. and up up and around. Oh yeah, I've I've seen a lot with people that have been extremely sick. They've been in ICU for days or weeks, and they're like, I don't remember what I remember. Somebody coming in the room, but I don't know what happened after that. Because like, <laughs> I also worked nine years in the insurance industry managing Matt. Significant, significant catastrophic cases, you know, basically million-dollar claims um, where people were really, really sick. They may have had a major trauma, car accident, and they, you know, they broke all kinds of stuff, internal injuries, and they were in ICU, and we don't remember it. Well, you were sedated, you were on medic- other medications, and you were sicker than a dog. So you, you don't want to remember that kind of stuff, really, quite frankly. Well, Cheryl, thank you again for taking time from your busy schedule. You were wonderful. I know you provided some great advice to all of my listeners out there. You got, gave me some great advice from your first presentation, but the little lanyard, little extra you gave today was remarkable. Again, thank you again for, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour, and best wishes to you for the future. Looking forward to thank you coming. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and invitation. It was fun, definitely. Thank you. Well, thank you a lot. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye.